Breaking Bread with Brilliant Babes. I'm your host, Tatiana Jimenez. We're recording today from my tiny apartment in San Francisco, and I'm joined remotely by Iman Wilkerson. Hi, Iman. Hi. Thanks so much for being on the show and joining us from San Diego today. Iman is a runner turned entrepreneur, a founder of Step by Step Run, which provides guided runs in San Diego. She'll also tell us about her new app called Pace Partner. For any first-time listeners out there, our purpose is to shed some light on everyday people doing brilliant things. I invite them into my home, cook a meal, and then we eat together and chat about their careers and how they got where they are today. Today, we're enjoying, or I'm enjoying, peanut butter and oat energy bites. So, Iman, can you start by telling us a little about what you're doing currently and your career history up until this point? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. So, currently, I am the founder of Step by Step Run. As you mentioned, we provide guided runs for people who visit San Diego. So, that also means providing run tours, uh, unique run tours such as Sunset Cliffs at Sunset uh, Run Tour. Or if you are visiting San Diego with as a runner and you have a training schedule that you want to stay accountable to, then you can hire a, a pace partner through me to help you with those runs when you're in San Diego. So how I got here is, I guess, uh, it's kind of interesting. My background started in fashion. Um, I studied international trade and marketing at Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. Uh, so my life goal, I guess, maybe from like a teenager, um, I wanted to work in fashion in some aspect, especially maybe business, not as a designer. So I, um, I worked in product development, production product development at American Eagle under the division of Aerie. So I worked there for about three years and it was an amazing experience because I was right there doing fast fashion, working with designers and going through that design process and with our overseas vendors, with the mills and uh, the factories and making sure that, you know, our, our products were being made at the cost that we want them to be and making sure that they arrived when they needed to be put on the, on the floor. So I lived in New York city for about 12 years. uh, And then after a certain point, I I just needed to leave. I had my run and I moved to Chicago. And Chicago does not have a fashion scene at all, or it's very small if it is uh, there. So I parlayed my, my business acumen into a procurement position as a buyer uh, for the Chicago Public School District. That was a completely different environment from fashion working for the public sector for the government uh, was was definitely a new experience in uh, in so many eye-opening ways because I managed, I think, about seven categories within the school district. And under those categories, each uh, contract was, I think, in total valued over $700 million or something like that. Um, so basically what I did was um, source products and services, negotiate contract deals, and uh, make sure that the school district could use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after being there for about a year, I switched gears, worked for a small home furnishing company in Chicago. 
and then after a while, Chicago is just, I, I was meant for warm weather. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I made my way out West and I worked at a startup when I moved to San Diego. I, I was hired to work at a startup uh, and startups are really interesting. I mean, they are fast paced and um, there's a lot of moving parts. So I, I did that for maybe a few months. But then afterwards, I worked my dream job um, as a, a tasting room and retail operations manager at a brewery. And the brewery just seems so far uh, a deviation from my background. But I really love beer. And <laughs> I moved to San Diego because San Diego made me happy. And while I was here, I just kind of took a step back and was like, well, what do you want to do if you live in your favorite city? And I'm like, well, I would love to work at a brewery because San Diego is the craft beer capital of the country. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, great. So let's find a brewery. And uh, I went to a job fair and I happened to meet with the right people um, at the right time. And she took a look at my resume and she saw that I had experience in operations and my background is in fashion and retail. And she was like, you know what? <laughs> you are great for the job. You know a lot about beer. We're going to make you the t- uh, tasting room and re- retail operations manager. So that was my end in the beer industry. Oh my and gosh. it was my dream job um, at my dream brewery. Uh, So I did that for about a year. And then I kind of took a step back again and was like, you know, this isn't my passion. I'm not entirely happy. So I, um, I quit and I decided to start a company that resonated with what I could do the best at, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, running and communicating with people and creating a community, making people aware of some of the local uh, running routes in San Diego, mm-hmm. having people run like a local and not like a tourist. I love so that. that. <laughs> so, this is, so this is where we are today. Yeah. I guess as far as like your experience with running goes, like, have you always been a runner? Like, did you do track in high school? Were you running in New York and Chicago? Yeah, so mm-hmm. I ran track in high school. I ran the four by four, four hundred and four by four. Um, I would say I was never really like I wasn't the greatest. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely won a few heats, but um, mm-hmm. I was just a moderate athlete. And when I I kept running just so I can like keep the weight low, I didn't want to gain. Uh, the freshman fifteen, mm-hmm. so I always ran just to kind of stay in shape or or to just de-stress. Yeah. And when I moved to sh- to New York, I was not even thinking about running. Running was such a an afterthought. I, if anything, like maybe I ran to the gym and ran back. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was a moment, just the perfect timing in the, in, in the moment where I was in a networking event. And this girl goes, oh, I'm going to run a 5K tomorrow. And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. I, I'm, I run too. And she's like, you should run it. And I was like, okay, I will. And then I had to look up, like, how far is a 5K? So so I was like, "I sure, let's do it. So I – and this is kind of like part of my personality, which I think is interesting. Like, I did it. I ran it. It was a cross-country course, so it was not a flat 5K. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was very hilly. And I remember, like, stopping a few times. It was just like – 
that by far was my slowest uh, 5k time I've ever run. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that was awful, (laughs) but I want to try it again. I think I can do better. Mm -hmm. So that's where it kind of started. It was doing something. It it kicked my ass. And then I was like, I think I can figure out how to make this, how to do this better. So then I fell into a running club that I found in meetup.com and um, they are not, it was not an intimidating environment to want to start in as a beginner. Mm-hmm. And we ran uh, around in Central Park and then we went and grabbed some beers afterwards. We probably drank more than <laughs> we ran, but it was a really a good excuse to go run uh-huh. um, a 5K. I guess when was the moment that you felt that you broke into your industry or role? So I guess this could be either you know, starting to do guided runs in San Diego, or even uh, we could talk a little bit about the app that you're working on. So I never was in the running industry when I lived in New York. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Chicago, I was, there was a, po- a moment when I was looking for a job and I needed to do something. So working at a local running store, but at the same time, I was also training for the Boston Marathon. Whoa. So this was, 2014 in Chicago uh-huh. and that was during the polar vortex and mm. the coldest that was like one of the coldest winters on record at that time I think this winter they broke those records and I didn't have a, a network of people to just rely on and be like hey I know some of y'all are running a you know the Boston Marathon like let's do a like this run together so we can just like you know, accountability. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that in Chicago like I did when I was living in Brooklyn. So those are really hard times to be able to like motivate yourself to get up and get out the door when it's like zero degrees and, but it felt like negative, whatever. So during that time I had the idea, I was like, you know, it would be really cool to have a service to um, like a pace partner for people who are visiting Chicago to be assisted on their runs because like I'm having a hard time like keeping up my own training. I can only imagine if you're traveling here, like you, you don't want to run at the same time. When I was there, I had friends who would come for business or whatever and say like, Hey, I'm in Chicago. Can you tempo me? I mean, can you run this tempo run with me or this long run? Mm -hmm. Uh, And also can you show me around? So it, gave me the idea. It spawned the thought of like, this could be something because runners want to stay accountable. They want to carry over their lifestyle and that activity. Mm-hmm. So being in, in that environment as a runner, but then also working at a running store really helped me understand a variety of runners and not just within um, like my small circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I moved here to San Diego still carrying this idea around and kind of observing the market to see if anything was quite like this. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe that moment for me when I moved to San Diego and I was doing things that, you know, I was still observing the, the landscape of, of what runners need and what they want. I decided to, to start step-by-step run. Um, my biggest idea of, of how to make this work was partnering with hotels because obviously mm. if you're traveling and if you want to maintain your activity then like yes of course a hotel would want to partner um with me because you know like why not 
Um, but then I, as I'm going through and talking to the concierge at a lot of these hotels, they didn't really get it. Um, they're like, oh, well, we have running maps that we give runners. And I was like, well, that's not really enough because, um, you know, like runners still get lost or they still mm-hmm. don't really feel comfortable when they're traveling in a new place. Women, especially like 60% of women have experienced some form of harassment on their runs. So, you know, a map isn't going to make them feel safe. So I'm trying to communicate to them like why it's necessary to offer my runs uh, as a service in the concierge or as their uh, pre-signed email. Mm -hmm. Um, So then that allowed me to make a pivot in my business. And rather than rely on these B2B partnerships, at least in the initial stages, is to um, reach out to runners directly, but within a greater scale. So I decided to turn my idea into an app or turn my business into an app called Pace Partner. So Pace Partner is a mobile lifestyle app for runners. And it, the idea is to marry community and content for runners who travel. Mm. Uh, so the idea is if you are visiting a city, if it's San Diego, New York, San Francisco, and you want to run like a local, you want to feel safe, um, you don't want to get lost, then you can use this app to hire a local runner to pace you. Um, so it's kind of like Uber for runners. Yeah, I love this idea. And the whole like safety component is uh, I'm glad that you brought that up as, you know, as like a benefit because that's totally true. I've definitely tried to run in new places like New York or London. And I in London, I got lost, but it was like early in the morning and it was like bright outside. So it was fine. <laughs> But (laughs) it can, yeah, I can imagine that that might be scary. And then I actually have a friend who just recently got into cycling and what she does, I know through like Airbnb, they have Airbnb experiences, but she found a gal who was, you know, doing like guided cycling tours to the North Bay. But like, I love how this idea is just kind of like, you don't necessarily have to go through the Airbnb app like you could you know the it's just um you could do this wherever and then also so if you're a runner who wants to be a pace partner what are the qualifications to to be a a pace partner right so there so the qualifications like anyone can be a pace partner right because Mm -hmm. um a, a runner so say for instance if you want to uh pace someone you can pace someone at a maximum limit so if if you generally run at an eight minute mile but you feel comfortable running with people who run maybe at your pace a little bit slower to like 13 Mm -hmm. then you know you can certainly be a candidate um and you would go through you know like a regular background check as you would if you were signing up to host to be a host on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So security, safety and security are, are very important for this app. Yeah. Um, because that's that's the whole point. It's it's we live in this on demand gig economy lifestyle, which we're now very comfortable with, right? We mm-hmm. feel comfortable being in a stranger's car. We feel very comfortable staying at a stranger's home. So there's there has to be a level of a sense of security when 
you are signing up to run with someone. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to definitely ensure that while you're going to feel safe on that you're running with is also a credible person. Mm-hmm. I love and appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> your your journey it sounds like you've lived like four different career lives already <laughs> but um, <laughs> um but did you have a mentor along your journey and are you a mentor to others I did not have a mentor I mean mm-hmm. I I had a really I've had really great bosses along the way I've had really bad bosses but I've had those good bosses have really shown me a path within that industry of how it could look like for me and what to do in that moment to, mm-hmm. to elevate. Uh, currently, I'm not a mentor, but I am a part of a support group. I have my friends who are entrepreneurs, and we're accountable to each other. We have these accountability calls, and we check in with each other quite often. So I wouldn't call the situation like a mentor mentee but mm-hmm. it's like looking at someone and saying like hey I really like what you've done with your life what have you done and how can I kind of get to a place where I can be comfortable with my life to and be happy and let's give each other help and a leg up along the way and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the sort of community and support that I've been building in this process yeah that's super valuable and that's really awesome it's it's a lonely island on mm-hmm. this trip, this path of entrepreneurship. I have, you know, I have this this idea and, you know, you want to execute it. You want to be as honest about, like, your efforts. Really, we, we try to reflect that support off of each other. Yeah, yeah, that's terrific. I guess along your, your, your journey... Um, I keep using that word, but what was your biggest career obstacle so far slash shittiest moment? So this is an interesting one. So I would probably say my biggest career obstacle, it's, it's, this is going to sound super introspective, Mm -hmm. but it's a call I think that has prevented me from wanting to fully do something for myself has been being in my own way. So I've been an obstacle to my own self mm. for not fully believing and trusting in myself yeah. and having doubt and taking a route that felt easy or what I was supposed to do and that what was really true to who I am. So I have a tendency of wanting to go down a path that others have already lived because it seems like that's the obvious route. So why not do that? Mm -hmm. And I've always been afraid to kind of want to explore maybe some of my unique qualities or unique competitive advantages. Mm -hmm. And every time I go down the obvious route, I kind of stumble upon the same patterns and I'm dissatisfied. And after all of, you know, amounted this dissatisfaction, I have to take a step back and wonder what's, you know, what's so, what, why do I keep making the same decisions and how can I stop this pattern? Um, and after a while, some soul searching in Joshua tree, of course, <laughs> um, I, 
it, it occurred to me that like I, I haven't even ex- I haven't tried to go down this path of of wanting to um, fulfill my purpose through my passion in an authentic way. So I think my biggest struggle has been doubting myself and getting in in my own way. Yeah, shittiest so. moment is <laughs> again. It's part of like you know, being in a job that you probably have no business in because it's not allowing you to tap into your own creative genius. So I would just say that like, you know, anytime I would kind of play out these roles, these, these jobs, I don't really perform my best because I'm not happy in it. Mm -hmm. And so the outcome may not be what I, what I wanted it to be. So it could be a mixture of just not being around the right bosses. It could be the environment because, you know, working in certain environments are, are just not healthy or certain industries are just not healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. it's not a pinpointed answer, but that's the introspective answer. But yeah, everything you're saying is totally resonating with me. And now I'm like contemplating my, <laughs> my job choices. <laughs> What am I, I doing with my life? No, I mean, I, I will say that I think there are people, you know, out of the shoot, out of the womb, they know who they want to be. Mm-hmm. And I admire those people. I've always wanted to be those people. That's why I've always looked to people who've created a path for themselves. Mm-hmm. But then there are, and I'm realizing now that there are others who are like me where like, we may look like butterflies or, you know, or hummingbirds where we go from like place to place to place. But in a way we really don't know what we're good at until we get into it. Mm-hmm. And over time you realize you, if you're either moving from an authentic place, a place where you are applying your strengths and your skills and your experience, or you're not, and you're just playing out, you're wasting your time. And so that's, that's what I've discovered mm-hmm. um, at this point. Yeah, um, that's amazing. (laughs) And I'm very inspired right now. Um, But Moving on to the next question. What was your biggest opportunity slash best moment? I feel like I'm living it right now. So it's Mm -hmm. not like a turning point or or maybe it's not like a specific event. There was a turning point in my life like three years ago when I came to San Diego. And I'm I'm a very intuitive person like I like to feel things out I mean it just it's not like I like to feel things out like in a woo-woo way but mm-hmm. you know you step into a situation you can take in the energy and you're like I'm meant to be here I'm not so when I stepped into Chicago I'm like mm-hmm. I really don't think I'm supposed to be here after like I moved there a week and I was like I think this was a bad idea I knew it was mm-hmm. gonna be a bad idea mm-hmm. but when I like th- literally three years ago almost to the day I came to San Diego just to visit a friend on a whim. And I didn't really know what I was going to do with myself at that point, but I really wanted to live on the West coast and on a whim, I came out here and I was going to visit my friend for five days. And she was like, Oh, you might want to stay for like seven to 10. And I was like, whatever, like slow your roll. (laughs) But I ended up staying here for two months and it was interesting because I took to this environment really easily, really well. And it responded in the environment responded really well with me in a very affirmative way. So I met a few people here who 
heard my story of like, I really want to start a running company. Even then I wanted to start a running company, but I just didn't really know it to what respect, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to make running accessible to people. That's all I kept saying. Yeah. And it was through those affirming actions, those words, those people who wanted to connect me with other people to enhance this idea allowed me to want to be here in San Diego. Um, it was very inviting. Mm-hmm. And then through that, even though I didn't really get into my business right away, I was able to find a community of people at the local running store, Milestone, shout out. Um, <laughs> and um, through the running community and the running, the, the environment in itself, it inspired me to want to have this, to, to start this, this company, this business. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a culmination of things that kind of has been spread out in these past three years that's got me to this, this moment. On this show, I also like to highlight what I call hidden talents, so things that are significant to our lives that we might not add to our resumes or are necessarily work-related. So Iman, in your case, obviously you've (laughs) been able to take one of your like hidden or maybe not so hidden talents and turned it into your job and your career and your business, but you also mentioned that um, you're very involved in a nonprofit called period with dignity. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So period with dignity is a nonprofit here in San Diego that distributes feminine products to the homeless women here. And how I came across this is because, so in my previous apartment, uh, there was a, a woman who was homeless that's living in the alley. Mm-hmm. And I would, she, she is kind of like a resident in this in this space so I'd see her often uh and one day I saw her without a lot like she didn't have shoes on and she just looked like she was in a state and she was drunk and she was kind of like she was like sleeping she was in this sort of way and I knew she wasn't a threat because I see her often I think she was just like in a moment so I like asked her if she wanted shoes because she was barefoot and her feet were like so dirty. And I was like, do you, do you need shoes? And she was like, she mumbled something. I was like, okay, great. So I gave her shoes and I gave her stuff that I felt that she could probably, she would probably need. Mm -hmm. So the next time I saw her, I was taking out my trash and she looks at me. She's like, were you the ones, were you the one who gave me those shoes? I was like, yeah. And she was wearing them at the time. She's like, they're so comfortable. I was like, great. I'm glad I was able to help. She was like, yeah. I was like, well, is there anything else I can help you with? Like, do you need um, food, socks, like toilet paper? And she's like, no, no. And I remembered my mom posted this Facebook thing about like, you know, like women, like if you have like um, an old bag, just like stuff it with um, tampons and like feminine products and um, stuff and and give it to the next homeless woman you see and so I thought of this post in that moment and I was like how about tampons and she's like yes I could use some tampons I was like okay yeah. so I like ran back into my apartment and grabbed the entirety of what I had and gave mm-hmm. it to her and she was just really grateful mm-hmm. and then that made me realize it's like you know if you're in this situation if you're, if you're without if you have like five dollars what would you rather spend it on food or feminine products Mm -hmm. and I would pick food 
Right. Um, so I shared this experience with my friends on Facebook and it sparked a lot of conversation and it inspired some other people to take action. So even men, men and women, mm-hmm. the, some of the men, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm glad you told me this. I'm going to go out, buy some, a box and give it to my local organization. Mm-hmm. Some women were like, oh, I've seen the same woman and I'm going to make a bag for her and whatever. So it, 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 it was really, I'm glad that inspired thought in action for, for people. And then, so then the same, I think maybe a few weeks later, I um, bought more for myself and then for, for this woman. And I put it by her side, like when she was sleeping. And then she, the next time I saw her, she came up, she was hanging out with her, her, her friends who are also homeless. And she kind of came up to me and and did this kind of whisper, you know how like women are in (laughs) the office space. If you need a tampon, you say it very subtle, you use code (laughs) words and she, in this moment, was doing the exact same thing. She's homeless. She's done some things that some of us may not do at this moment, but she still felt embarrassed. There's mm-hmm. a taboo around having your period and saying it out loud to men, around men, about, and it's such a natural thing. Right. So she's like, thank you for uh, giving me that thing, and I really needed it. I was like, oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. So then I shared that with friends. And it just created this this thing within a group of my friends. And we're like, well, we need to do something. So we raised money. We raised like maybe over $1,300. And in this research of like, okay, so do we distribute it ourselves? Do we link up with a local, you know, organization? And so we found, we found this organization that is already has the legwork, who's already done the legwork and has... Uh-huh continuous organization or volunteer efforts. Um, so we, we partnered with them to be able to help them monetarily, but then also within our time and in any other marketing efforts that we could possibly provide them because it's, you know, it's, it's a thing that happens to women. It's, it's a natural occurrence that happens to women on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And it should definitely be something that should, it, being able to have resources for an unnatural occurrence shouldn't be so hard. Yep. So I would very grateful to be able to offer my services to, to women in need. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I'm definitely going to do more research about this organization because this I've, I've volunteered uh, with uh, an organization locally that does homeless outreach and, I know that we've put together like packages where they're, you know, we, we give them socks and like toiletries and like um, condoms and lube and stuff like that. But I don't think I remember ever including tampons in those packages. So that's, yeah, that's super important. And that's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's to be able to, so not only did um, there's a packaging effort, but I, have also helped with the distribution and the outreach and Mm -hmm. to see women light up when they receive these bags. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm just really glad that they, I, with this bag, they aren't able to be in a uncomfortable situation given the uncomfortableness of where they are right now in their life, you know? So Mm -hmm. if I could alleviate a part of that, then, you know, that's, that's what I would love to do. Yeah. That's terrific. Now we'll dive into the listener question portion of the episode. So we have five listener questions for you. 
Um, and these all came from social media. Um, so the first question, which is how do you get out of a running rut? Yeah. Um, so I was in a running rut probably. And well, I was in a running rut right after the 2014 Boston marathon because, Mm -hmm. uh, the training for that was so arduous and challenging that I just didn't really want to run anymore. So I had always, up until that point, for like maybe four or five years, I I ran to race or to train and not just really. I mean, I did run to be just for the sake of running in between some of the, the bigger races I was training for. Yeah. But you kind of have to take a step back and just remind yourself like what running does for you other than accomplishing like time goals mm-hmm. or distance goals. Um, for me, I love running because it inspires thought it makes me it legitimately it legitimately makes me happy I mean like even though I'm like running up hills or you know sometimes the distance it really challenges you but like at the end I don't think I've ever said I really wish I never ran that um and I think that when you take the pressure away from how you're applying that into running that can give you, um, like I said, a different mindset about how to run, how, when you put on your running shoes, maybe take off your, your watch. Don't time it. Don't Mm -hmm. put it on Strava. Don't feel like you need to announce that you went on the run. Just, just feel into it. I think there's like kind of reading this book about like mindful running and, you know, breathing into your run and just allowing all the goodness that you get from it, just take over you rather than being so focused on what you're not doing um, or whatever. Yeah, I definitely want to know more about that book later. <laughs> we need to um, add that to the, the webpage for the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, next, the next question is, what is, in your opinion, what is the best uh, running bra or sports bra for running? Oh, man. So... Um, Fun fact, before I get into that, did you know that a sports bra was originally constructed out of jock straps? I did know that, yes. And um, I think I learned that around the time of the Women's World Cup when um, that that team, I think it was the American team won and she took her shirt off. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Could you imagine having jock straps like... (laughs) Yeah. On yourself. Um, (laughs) So I would say that, like, I can't – my my breast size might be a little bit different from the person who had asked that. So not all all biddies are are made the same. (laughs) But I will say, though, the one – what I run in is – or what I like is Under Armour makes this really great sports bra that uh, is padded – because you know when we run sometimes our nipples pop sometimes it's cold outside (laughs) cold outside yeah so having that having the cups in place i think is really important having proper straps being able to adjust the straps are fantastic i think Mm -hmm. there's some um sports routes that are really great for certain people who you can just like throw it over your head you don't need to make the adjustments and you could just go out for a run, but being mindful that, you know, not all women are made the same, mm-hmm. um, having 
um, adjustments, being able to adjust your straps, I think are, you know, super important. Brooks makes some really great sports bras for women with like a fuller uh, cup size. Um, and they play around with like the, the strap adjustments, but then also I think maybe the waistband or something. So I, I would look into Under Armour and, and Brooks because mm-hmm. the price range is also really, really great for that as well. Cool. All right. Great. So the next question that we have is what are your go-to songs guaranteed to pump you up? Mm, wow. <laughs> um, that's, I love music. Music is, is my life. I don't run with music anymore, Oh. Um, but I used to, it, there was, I was such a different runner. I would, if my, if the batteries on my, I think like CD player, like that's how long ago it was before the MP3. <laughs> if the batteries were out, I wasn't running. Like it was, that was a no go. I needed motivation. Um, but now when I run, it's without, but I do like hype music before I go out to mm-hmm. run. So Beyonce, like I will for sure listen to Beyonce. I like, I don't know, like Cardi B, I guess. Like, it's just like these, these women who are like completely fierce and in life, they're just going to crush it, you Uh know? And uh and being able to like spit that or sing, sing it. Like, I, I love that. Uh Um, There's this, this song called Attitude by LaKaylee, LaKaylee 47. Like, I just love it. It's, it's just, it's so fierce. Uh Uh, That's, but yeah, it's just kind of something with like, a really strong female presence who is like completely confident is about to like take it over and that like hypes me up. I'm like, I am going to crush this run. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Caitlin and I, Caitlin who helps on the podcast, um, we listen to, she's a big Beyonce fan, but we also, um, we're really into Lizzo. We've seen her like three times. (laughs) She's amazing. Like, so she's definitely on my playlist. (laughs) she's like she's the like embodiment of confidence Mm -hmm. she really is yeah seeing her live I don't know if you've seen her live but every time I see her live it's like I'm like it's like a religious experience I cry (laughs) like it's amazing (laughs) I have the time of my life (laughs) because there isn't anyone like her you know like she like what she does with the flute and then Uh like like fire comes out of the flute and then she twerks yeah like, the flute beautifully like who does this no one like it would be a religious experience because mm-hmm. i'm like you've taken me to other levels now <laughs> yes and there's no turning back there's no turning back. um so the last listener question that we have is um if you weren't working in your current role what other types of work would you be interested in and it sounds like from your career history you oh, know yeah. Whatever you're thinking of could you be, could be your next career. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's what I like about life, right? Like, uh-huh. you know, like if you feel like you could be good at something, then why not try it? Yep. And yep. you may not be great at it, like once you get into it, but at least now you know. Uh-huh. And I could have, when I... When I moved to San Diego, I could have found a job. There are some fashion jobs here because you're so close to um, L.A. Mm -hmm. I could have gone back into fashion. Um, I could have gone back into procurement. 
Um, but like, I really wanted to know what it was like to work at a brewery. Like, yeah, that would be really cool. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, um, sometimes taking that why not aspect in life, like it's, it's definitely led me down an interesting path. Like the other, in the, the other side of that coin is, is that like, I'm not masterful in a career per se, you know, mm-hmm. I'm masterful at the thing that I know. And then I know, well, I know running well, I know how to communicate to people about running because I've run so many races. I can offer that experience. I've mm-hmm. lived in a lot of places. So I know how to navigate, um, you know, places and things. And I can talk through, um, through that. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, I was able to funnel that into what I am creating this business, um, out of, yeah. but you know, I, my interests expand. So like, I haven't reached the end right. of what I could do, but what I, I do realize that I am very, um, I'm a compassionate person. I'm very, um, uh, I, I would probably work for a nonprofit actually, yeah. if, if that would be the next transition. So I could figure out how to help more people, you know, mm-hmm. with, um, if they're in a situation where they are without, they mm-hmm. lack things, then yeah. I, if I have a platform where I can help people, then that's probably what I'm, I'm best at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, a question I like to ask all of my guests at the end of the episode is, um, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, this week? Well, I'm going, I plan to go camping this weekend actually so yeah I've discovered that I really enjoy camping like I'm I'm originally from North Carolina and I grew up being surrounded by woods Mm -hmm. and I definitely took that for granted because um and I was you know without that type of environment when I was living in Chicago and New York for 14 years so now that I live in San Diego where you know, I have access to the beach, the mountains, the desert. Like, I just love being within proximity to all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've discovered that I love camping. I like to go camping. So I have so some friends and I are, are going to go out to an area called Sinombre and uh, camp out there on Saturday and then do some trail running on Sunday mm-hmm. and yeah, so that's what I'm mostly looking forward wow. to this week. That sounds fun. I know that you've talked a lot about your businesses and your local running store, but are there any other resources or things that you would like to plug? So, yeah, so, I mean, I will just reiterate because I'm very mm-hmm. excited about this, <laughs> my Pace Partner app, that. I'm working with my, my, I'm developing the MVP with my, my team of designers and developers. And, uh, we should be releasing that soon. I think maybe by the beta should be launched by, by June. And what I'm looking for are, uh, testers. So if you run, whether it's actively or casually, I would love to have beta testers uh, sign up for this. And you can be a beta tester in the sense of wanting to be a pace partner or a runner who travels to some of these areas. Or if you want to provide content for runners in certain cities, because this app is developed you know, for runners by runners. And 
like I'm trying to create a community within this app, the community also has to come from from the users who want to be a part of this app. So mm-hmm. I would love to get some feedback from from runners in that way um, who live in, you know, any of the major cities um, or who visit any of these major cities. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, great. Iman, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. And it was so, I'm so glad that we were able to meet. Likewise. Well, to learn more about Iman's work and other topics we've covered on this episode, head over to our website, brilliantbabespodcast.com, where you can also listen to previous episodes, check out our event calendar, and get the recipes for the dishes we make for each episode. Today's recipe was peanut butter and oat energy bites. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and stay tuned for episodes every other Tuesday. Take care, everyone.